You're listening to episode number 18 of the Unravel Mama podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Moreland. Hey, Mama. You and I both know losing weight and living a healthy life is about the food, but it's not really about the food. We've been conditioned from a young age to conform into these tightly wound up balls of untruths, processes, and ideals that are not our own and don't serve us leaving behind a tornadic path of shame, guilt, regret, and unfortunately, unwanted weight gain. Mama, we are straight up stuck in this mess and we have lost our way to happy and healthy. Over the last six years, I have worked with hundreds of mamas and nothing has become more clear to me. We must unravel what we think we know and push past these false teachings and empower ourselves to make choices that serve us and lead us to the life we want to live. Mama, unraveling can get a little messy at times, but we're mamas and getting dirty is a part of the gig. Here we go. Hey, hey mama. Today we are going to talk about negative self-talk. One of the first questions that I ask every mama that I hop on a discovery call with is, where is your self-talk. Where is it at? What are you doing with it? What's going on? What do you say to yourself when you wake up in the morning and you get dressed and you put your clothes on? Where does your head go? Where do your thoughts go? What do you start saying to yourself? And what is that reel of words and sentences and thoughts and feelings go? And the answer is almost always uniform. It's not good. It's not good. We tell ourselves things like, oh, you're fat. You're disgusting. I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe that you are here again. You fail at everything. Why can't you just do the right thing? Why can't you stay away from the bad foods? Why can't you? Why can't you? You suck. You could be better. Shame, guilt, and all the negativity gets thrown at ourselves by ourselves. And I think the overwhelming part of our negative self-talk is it doesn't just happen one time in the morning when we're getting dressed, right? It happens when we slip into a uh, restaurant booth to have lunch and the table is a little bit too tight, or we bend over to tie our shoes and it's a struggle to tie our shoes, or we have to get on an airplane to travel somewhere for work or for vacation and we're uncomfortable and we feel like we're taking up too much space, or we're sitting at a soccer game and we're lugging all of the stuff and we're out of breath and tired by the time that we get to the field. These little opportunities to beat ourselves up present themselves all the time throughout our day. So when somebody tells me that they are exhausted from feeling this way, yeah, I believe them wholeheartedly because in most cases, we spend all day beating ourselves up. And the difficult part about negative self-talk is that it starts from a very young age. I don't know why our default is to think negatively or to beat ourselves up, but I watch it unravel in my own kids all the time. And listen, mamas, I am by no means perfect, but I have done quite a bit of self-work and internal work over the last six, almost seven years. And so I'm able to identify it now in my kids much quicker. And I have some strategies and resources uh, in order to help them understand how to get out of it. But 
it's incredible to me and it's mind blowing to me that even in a household where we talk about positive self-talk a lot and we talk about, you know, mental mindset and being mentally tough and mentally strong and mentally resilient, how easy it is for these kiddos who are in an environment that pushes those positive things can fall into negative self-talk. And so if you're somebody that's struggling with negative self-talk, please don't feel like you're broken. You're not broken. We just need some strategies. And that's exactly what we do when you come into my Macros Made Easy program is we work on those strategies to pull you out of the negative self-talk instantaneously. It's one of the first things that we do in my Macros Made Easy program is we start working on I am statements. And I want to share with you why this is so incredibly important that we do. Turning to the negative side of things is kind of our default. And when something is our default, we have to truly understand how to reprogram that. I want to share a little story with you about my seven-year-old Emery. She's the baby of the family, right? And because she's the baby of the family, she's very much treated that way. And birth order is a really real thing, right? Uh, I feel like you're just so much more aware of what is important and what you need to spend your time on that by the time you get to the third, I don't like to call it lazy. I like to call it wisdom, right? You know that those milestones that are out there that every baby should crawl at this time. Every kid should learn to tie their shoe at this time. Every kid should learn to buy their bike at this time really becomes unimportant. And While I pushed my first two to meet those milestones precisely and exactly, with the third, I started to realize those milestones are not as important, and I stopped forcing things on her. And I believe that that's where the birth order kind of falls into place, right? And I feel like if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that life doesn't go by the book. Am I right? Like it doesn't go by the milestones that we all believe that we should be hitting. So Emmy learned to ride a bike a little bit later in life than Kylie and Easton did as well. Not because I didn't want her to, but because she just didn't really care to hop on the bike and to, and to figure it out. So I didn't force it, right? I forced those things. Uh, I, I didn't force them, like beat them until they did it, but I really encouraged it a lot. So I was pushy about it. So Emery has only been riding her bike for, you know, a few weeks now without training wheels. And it was just me and the girls. We were home and we wanted to go on a bike ride. And to be honest with you, my 38th birthday is coming up and I really want a new beach cruiser and I want to be able to go on family bike rides. But I need Emery to be able to ride her bike, you know, independently in order for this to be fun and in order for this to happen. So I thought, you know what? My birthday's in a little bit over a month. Let's get her riding her bike really well. Now she can ride it good in our cul-de-sac where there's no rules, right? She doesn't have to pay attention to a whole lot. But we want to go, you know, on like sidewalk bike rides, you know, downtown and and experience those types of things. So I told the girls, let's go on a bike ride. So my oldest daughter hops on her bike. Emery hops on her bike and we're cruising down the street. We're doing okay. Emery was already a little bit flustered before we left and we turned the corner and somehow you guys... somehow she goes flying off the back of her bike and falls on the back bike tire and the bike tire like sucks her clothes into the tire and gives her like bike rash on the back of her leg and pinches her leg and she's super upset and crying and she's like I'm not good at riding my bike. And I'm like, Emery, we just started. You're totally fine riding your bike. Let's get back on. Let's going. Let's wipe the tears off. Let's keep going. 
So I watch her get back on her bike and she's struggling and she's wobbly and we're going down the sidewalk and I let her struggle. I let her wobble. I wasn't going to let her give up, right? Because here's the deal. I know the big picture. I know one day she'll ride her bike and she'll be just fine. So quitting now is not going to help that, right? So I keep my cool and I just try to encourage her and I try to use reason and logic and she just gets more and more upset with me. She doesn't want to hear it, right? So we get a little bit further down the road and she's wobbly and and I can hear her like mumbling things to herself, but I can't really hear what she's saying. And she keeps trying to abandon her bike every time that she gets nervous or she feels like she's going to fall off. It's almost like she's jumping off of her bike, but her bike is still moving. And so it's kind of beating her up a little bit. Right. And so by the third time that she jumps off of her bike, she's frustrated and she's upset. And I start hearing the dialogue because it gets louder and louder, right? Can can you relate to that? Like the dialogue starts quiet. It starts in your head. And then the more and more frustrated you get, the louder and the louder this dialogue gets, right? And that's the same thing that happened with my seven-year-old with this dang bike ride. And when I walk up to her, I hear her say, and she just loses it. I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm scared. I'm not good at riding bikes. Kylie's so much better at riding bikes than me. And when I would tell her, Hey, mama, you're going too fast. You got to slow down nice and steady. And, you know, kind of trying to coach her a little bit. She gets really upset and starts blaming her older sister. She's going too fast. I'm trying to keep up with her. It's her fault. Tensions and emotions were very high. I probably heard her say, I can't do this. I'm too scared 20 times in the three minutes that I was talking to her. And as her mom, I could see that there was nothing to fear, right? She was going to learn and get better at riding her bike, but the only way to do that is to dig in and work out the wobbly bike. The second guessing and the wanting to jump off when it got scary is just a part of the learning process of riding a bike, but to her, it felt like a goal that she would never, ever reach. Mama, does that sound familiar to you? I know it feels and sounds familiar to me. 100% I have been there. Yeah, maybe it wasn't on a bike or I can't remember when I felt that way on a bike, but holy cow, can I relate to that in my nutritional journey, in my weight loss, in running and owning my own business? This is a battle I fight every single day, every single day. And every day I got to choose, how am I going to go through this learning experience? And sometimes I don't choose positive self-talk and sometimes I do. So I'm standing next to Emery, and the second she said, I can't do this again, I said, if that's what you think, Mama, you're right. But if you don't like that thought, we can change that instantly. I leaned over into her, and I told her, if you're riding your bike and all you're thinking is, I can't, why would your body do anything else but let you fail? After all, the only thing telling your legs and your arms what to do is your brain, your thoughts. What if we tried to say, I can, and guess what? She did not want to do that. She wouldn't even repeat it after me. She kept saying, I'm too scared. I'm going to get hurt. It's too hard. I can't, I can't, I can't. I put my foot down in an effort to have a teachable moment and told her, we aren't going to move one more inch till you can at least say, I can do this. Now, I told you above, I don't force a whole lot these days as it often doesn't lead to authentic growth, right? But every now and then we need to be pushed or we need to be intensely encouraged to try something we don't want to try. So I looked at Emmy and I said, try saying, I can do this. And she really didn't want to, but she whispered under her breath, I can do it. 
And I said, oh, I like that sound. Can you say it one more time? And she got a little bit louder. I can do it. And I said, oh, girl, that's right. One more time. And she got a little bit louder. I can do it. And I said, can you say that just a little bit louder? I want to make sure your toes can hear it. And she said, I can do this. And she meant it in her tone. She just needed a little bit of encouragement. Mama, sometimes do you just need a little bit of encouragement? Sometimes do you need to just say that positive affirmation a little bit louder so your toes can hear it and your mind can believe it? Yeah, me too, Mama, me too. So she took off and wobbled for three more minutes and then really lost control and went off into the rocks. She said, see, I can't do it. I said, you can do this. What message do you want to send to your toes? And she said, I can do this, still not fully believing. A couple walked by pushing a brand new baby and walking their dog and the dad shouted, you can do it. (laughs) And she said, okay, I can do it. And she got back on her bike. We made it almost to the end of the road where it kind of dead ends and she could get off of the sidewalk and have a little more freedom. And she did well. She was less wobbly and it was a little wind for her, right? We stopped nine times on the way down to the end of this road, battling the whole way, falling off, getting hurt, frustrated, negative self-talking, but she got a new strategy. She got a new mantra. I can do it, right? So on the way back, I said, okay, mama, I know you can do this. Look how far you made it. And I don't care how many times you get off. I don't care how many times you fall off, but the whole way home, we are going to talk to ourselves with good words. Mind you, going home was downhill and it was going to mean a bigger spill if she fell because she would be going faster unintentionally. As we started, she got wobbly and I said, you got this mama, nice and steady, I can do this. And I started repeating it, nice and steady, I can do this, nice and steady, I can do this. Then I heard her saying, nice and steady, I can do this, nice and steady, I can do this. I could see her confidence shifting, you guys. The little family that walked past us the first time saw her and he said, you're doing great, you're doing it. And she smiled a little and when she smiled, she got a little wobbly. And I said, nice and steady, you can do this. And then she started repeating to herself, nice and steady, I can do this. At one point, she said, look, ma, no hands, and then started laughing. Clearly, her confidence was really coming through. And when she got a little unsure, I heard her say, nice and steady, I can do this. We were starting to approach the house, and when we get to our house, we have this little turn-off dirt road to get to our home. We call it the bumpy road. And I looked at her and I said, are you going to try and turn at the bumpy road? And she said, yes, I can do this. Nice and steady. I can do this. And in my head, I was like, oh man, that's a big risk because it's kind of a sharp turn. And that's what has been our issue is making decisions while pedaling and trying to manage all the things on the bike, right? And so... So she starts approaching this bumpy road. She overshoots the bumpy road and goes into the rocks, but she used her brakes and didn't get hurt because she didn't try to jump off of the bike. She stayed confident on the bike and used her brakes. I got her on the bumpy road and watched her ride down it. And when we finished, I said, Hey girl, I want to ask you a question. Did you notice that you didn't stop one time the whole way home? She said, no. Oh my gosh, I rode my bike the whole way home. I said, yeah, you did. How did you do that? I said, did you get a new bike? No. A new path? No. New feet? No. New hands? No. New balance? No. No, 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 she said. And I said, did you get a new mindset? She said, yes. I then asked her to explain to me what the difference was between her first mindset 
and this mindset. Emery told me, I started telling myself I could do it nice and steady instead of thinking I'm going to get hurt or fall or embarrass myself and be sad. And I'm wondering today, as we're entering into 2021 and that year is upon us, it's approaching, it's here, we're, we're getting into it. How many of us need to change the way we talk to ourselves on the bike of life? How many of us need to chant nice and steady, I can do this through our nutritional journey. Nice and steady, I can do this through our weight loss journey. How many of us need to be patient and learn to stay on the bike and to not abandon it when we feel fearful, when we feel scared, when we feel insecure, when we feel like we're going to embarrass ourselves, when we feel like we might be a little bit sad or challenged. Here's what I know. Many of us We'll want to abandon the bike. We'll want to take a different route. We'll want to blame our wobbly legs and our insecure hearts on someone else. We will think about the cactuses and the what ifs. And all we really need to do is change the chatter in our heads and say to ourselves something along the lines of nice and steady. I can do it. This, my friends, is exactly why one of the very first things that we learn to do in my Macros Made Easy program is to change the chatter in your head. How you speak to yourself impacts everything in your world. And I want to show you how to change that chatter that we learn to have even as little teeny tiny kids about ourselves when it comes to challenges. My encouragement for you this week, mama, no matter what you are doing, no matter what you're going through is to pay attention to the chatter in your mind. It is the most powerful and impactful conversation you will have in your day. In our home, we call it managing the monkeys. Learn to manage yourself so you can help your kiddos manage theirs. It starts at such a young age and they are never too young to learn how to reverse that chatter how to tame the monkeys. And mama, you aren't either. I did not start even thinking about managing the chatter in my head until seven years ago. Seven years ago, well into my 30s. So no matter where you are in life right now, mama, it is not too late for you to start minding your chatter. And listen, if you want help and you're needing someone to guide you, to teach you, to show you, to grow you how to chatter differently in your head so that you can reach those weight loss goals so you can stick to a nutritional plan that fuels you, makes you feel good, and heals you from the inside out, in the show notes below, you will see a link to schedule a free discovery call with me. Let's see where you're at. Let's see where you want to go. And if we're a good fit, mama, we will rock this out. And if we're not, and I'm not the next best step for you, and I'm not the best fit for you, I will point you in a different direction. My soul's desire is to help mamas win, to get to their goals and to feel good, and then to lead and inspire generations to come, your kiddos and their kiddos and their kiddos. That's what I have for you, mama, this week. Until next week, be well, and I will chat with y'all soon. Bye-bye. Mama, thank you, thank you, thank you for spending a little piece of your crazy day with me. I am hopeful that what I shared with you today allows you to put the pieces of your incredible life puzzle back together where it belongs. If anything from these podcasts resonates with you and you find yourself shaking your head, heck yes, mama, to what is being taught here, please hit that subscribe button and share this with other mamas who need to unravel in all the right ways. I created a place and a space for us to do just that. Go check out my free resource page with all kinds of goodies waiting to push you along in your success. Check it out at 
theunraveledmama.com forward slash resources with an S at the end. Here you will find tips, tricks, hacks, ideas, recipes, must-haves, and my favorites that have helped me crush my goals all along the way. Let's be action takers and move makers and take this to the next level so that you can find that sweet spot in your nutritional journey. See you next week, mama.